G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The human mind is never more creative than when it's trying to explain away its own sin. Pastor Greg Laurie says we don't want to take responsibility. A lot of times when we're caught in a sin, we blame others. Well, it's not my fault. She trapped me. It's not my fault. My mother did it, or my father used to do it, and it's just in my family. It's not my fault. It was my circumstances. Hit stop. Here's what you need to say. God against you and you only have I sinned. You need to own it. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Many times those caught in sin play the victim card. They were the innocent victim of some outside force or circumstance. And then they gather with the other victims and they celebrate their syndrome, sins and syndromes. On a new beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says perhaps it's time for realisation and repentance. We need to realise that we're sinners. We need to repent and seek God's restoration. And we'll have some help for you in that regard today as we consider the father of our faith. look now at a world changer named Abraham. And uh, he had an eternal perspective. He was called by God to leave his homeland, to leave his family, and go to an unknown destination. He packed up his bags and left no forwarding address. So let's read some of what Hebrews 11 says about him, starting in verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, his heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah also herself received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was well past the age. Because he judged him faithful, who had promised, therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. They were assured of them, and they embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have opportunity to return. But now they desire a better country that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. We'll stop there. Okay, why was Abraham a world changer? What did he do? Abraham listened to God. World changers listen to God. Verse eight. 
By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. He listened to God and he went. Right there on the spot Abraham obeyed God. This was faith in action. Listen, world changers live by faith. They live by faith. The word promise is repeated twice in Hebrews 11.9. For by faith we dwell in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Listen to this. World changers live on promises, not explanations. They live by faith, not by sight. They live on fact, not on feelings. Because we recognize that our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3.20 says, Our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when God called Abraham, He gave him a promise. Now it was up to Abraham to take hold of that promise which he could not yet see. That's what faith does. Faith sees what could be, not just what is. Faith sees invisible things. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And uh, now we come to one final point. Point number five. World changers mess up sometimes. World changers mess up sometimes. In other words, people of faith sometimes have lapses in their faith. So here's Abraham. God says, leave your country, leave your family. Abraham does it, sort of. We'll deal with that next time. Uh, didn't completely obey, but he partially obeyed. Now he's making his journey. He's left his former land. He's headed to the land of promise, the land of Canaan. And the Bible tells us a great famine swept the land. Now, the same God who brought him this far would have gotten him through somehow. But we don't read of Abraham praying or calling on the Lord. Effectively, he takes matters into his own hands and that brings us to Genesis 12. Did you turn there? Genesis 12, starting in verse 10, says, At that time a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abraham to go down to Egypt, underline that phrase, down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner. And as he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abraham said to his wife, by the way, it says Abram and Sarai, their names were later changed from Abram to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. So I'll just call them Abraham and Sarah. But Abraham said to his wife Sarah, look, you're a very beautiful woman. When the Egyptians see you, they're gonna say, this is his wife, let's kill him, then we can have her. So Abraham says to Sarah, his wife, tell them you're my sister. Then they'll spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. Oh, thanks, honey great idea. So you're going to just give me over to the Pharaoh to add to his harem? I mean, this is crazy. I mean, Abraham stops trusting God and tells a lie. And then he asked Sarah to participate in his lie. Look, Sarah, you just tell him you're my sister. Now, in a way, this was partially true because Sarah was actually his half-sister. But it's also true she was his wife. It's been said a half-truth is a whole lie. So he was telling a half-truth. Just say you're my sister. And, and she goes along with it. So she was culpable. She shouldn't have cooperated with this lie. But hey, he should have never initiated it. 
A husband should be a spiritual leader in the home, not dragging his wife down. And it's a bad thing when someone tells a lie and then they come to you and say, you gotta back me up on my story. You know, don't do that to people, stop it. It's bad enough that you're lying. Don't drag somebody else into it with you. And uh, so he, he gets her to go along with it, but here's what happened. His sin was exposed. And by the way, sin will always be exposed. The Bible says your sin will find you out. And if you were to translate that from the original Hebrew, it would translate out to your sin will find you out. And what it actually means is your sin will find you out. What I'm saying is I don't care how carefully you hide it. It's going to come out one day. Great to have you with us today on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship in California. And we're learning a great deal from the life of Abraham today as Pastor Greg explains how, at one point, Abraham lied for reasons of self-preservation, something I'm sure we've all done. Let's continue. And so here's what happens. Uh, Pharaoh sees the beautiful Sarah, which is amazing. She is an older woman at this point, but still very attractive. Pharaoh adds Sarah to his harem and a series of plagues start coming on his household and he discovers that this is because this is another man's wife. So he takes Sarah back to Abraham and says, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Now take her and get out of here. You know, it's, it's really a sad thing when a non-believer corrects you and it's even worse when they're right. Sometimes non-Christians have a better understanding of how a Christian should behave than some Christians have. You know, you're screaming and yelling and losing your temper and the non-Christian says, hey, I thought you were a Christian. I am. <laughs> Shouldn't you like forgive that person and turn the other cheek? Yes. <laughs> hey, I thought you were a Christian. Why are you divorcing your spouse? Well, it's irreconcilable differences. Aren't you Christians supposed to forgive? Well, yes, but uh. Hey, I thought you were a Christian. Why are you drunk? I, I hear drunk. <laughs> Who? What? Yeah. They actually have this concept that a Christian should be honest. They should be loyal to their wife. They should be people of integrity. They should be loving. They should be forgiving. Wow. They actually have that part right. And it's a sad thing when a non-believer has to tell us as a believer how to live. But remember, we read that Abraham went down to Egypt. He had gone down. Any step away from God is a step down. The Pharaoh say, man, he, you know, why'd you do this to me? Why did you lie to me? And maybe you've had a lapse of faith lately. Abraham did. But you know what? This was not the end of his life. It was a detour, granted. It was a mistake. It was a sin. But here's what you need to do when you're caught in a sin. You need to own it, admit it. That's important. Look, we all sin. We all fall short. We all mess up. If Abraham sinned, you don't think you're gonna sin. You don't, I'm gonna sin, we all are. King David sinned against God, yet the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. But listen, David committed a sin that was actually worse than Abraham by a long shot. David committed adultery. Uh, he lusted after the beautiful Bathsheba and uh, had sexual relations with her and she got pregnant. And instead of just admitting it to God, he tried to cover it up and that didn't work. And so he had her husband killed 
and then married Bathsheba thinking he had effectively covered up his sin. But then the Lord sent the prophet in to confront King David and his sin was exposed and finally David repented of his sin and he wrote Psalm 51 in the aftermath. And there in Psalm 51 David said, against thee, speaking of God, and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. A lot of times when we're caught in a sin, we blame others. Well, it's not my fault. She trapped me. <laughs> it's not my fault. Everybody was doing it. It's not my fault. My mother did it. Or my father used to do it. And it's just in my family. It's not my fault. It was my circumstances. Hit stop. Here's what you need to say. God against you and you only have I sinned. Take responsibility. Accept that you played a role in it. That's what David said. I've sinned. He could have said, well, hey man, Bathsheba, she was so beautiful. She should have never been doing that where I could see her. And, and I had to adjust my position many times so I could see her, by the way. But she should, wait. Maybe Bathsheba played a role in it. But it's his fault. It's your fault. It's my fault. Own it against thee and the only have I sinned. And then he goes on to say, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. David's saying, Lord, I need a refresh. I need a reboot. I need a cleansing. My heart is dirty. Give me a new heart, a clean heart. And then he says, And give me a steadfast spirit, which means give me a spirit that continues on in consistency with you. Help my life to not be up and down, but more consistent and regular in my faith. And then he goes on to say, and restore to me the joy of my salvation. You know, when a believer sins, one of the first things you lose is your peace and your joy. I think we're so used to uh, that peace. You wake up every morning just this calm sense that God is with you and He's in control of your life and you have this joy. It's gone, man. Sin throws the joy out. So you say, Lord, I, I don't have the joy anymore. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Hey, have you lost your joy? Then admit your sin. Turn from it and ask God to restore it again. He'll do that for you right now. In this message, I talked a little bit about heaven and I made this statement. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. And my question for you is, are you prepared to go to heaven? You know, when I go on a trip, I pack my bags. And I always overpack, by the way. I've traveled for years and years, I still overpack. I take stuff I never use. I take clothes I never wear. I don't know why I do it, but I still do it. It's really kind of ridiculous in a way. But at least I pack. I'm ready for the trip. Are you prepared for heaven? What if this were your last day on earth and tomorrow was the day you left this life for the afterlife. Where would you go? Would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? The only way to be prepared for heaven is to have a relationship with God, having Christ live inside of you because He died for you on the cross and paid for all of your sin and rose again from the dead. And you've asked Him into your life. And if you've done that, you're ready for heaven. Heaven is not for perfect people. It's for forgiven people. All you have to do is be forgiven and you can go to heaven. Do you have sin in your life and you don't know how to get rid of it? Your life is a mess and you don't know how to fix it? Maybe like Abraham, you've told lies and, and you've told lies to cover up your lies and you've told more lies to cover up the lies to cover up the lies and now you don't even know what's true anymore. You just know your life's a mess. 
and there's no joy and there's no peace, well, God can fix it. But you have to admit it and reach out to Him and He'll forgive you of your sin. If you have not asked Him to forgive you, do it right now. Let's all bow our heads. Everybody praying, Father, thank you for loving us so much that you sent Jesus to this earth to walk among us, to die in our place, and then to rise from the dead. And now I pray for any person here, any person listening who does not yet know you. Lord, help them to come to you now and believe and be forgiven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important closing prayer. And if you'd like to do as Pastor Greg has suggested and make things right in your relationship with the Lord, today is a great day. And Pastor Greg would love to help you to do it right now. God would like to just pray a prayer and I would ask you to pray it after me right now. Pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I also know that you are the Savior because you died on the cross for my sin and you rose again from the dead. Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for answering this prayer, Lord. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer and meant it, I want you to know on the authority of Scripture, God Almighty has heard your prayer, and He will answer this prayer. You are now a newly minted child of God, so congratulations. You've made the right decision, and welcome to the family of God. Thanks, Pastor Greg. You know, if you've just prayed those words, and you meant them sincerely, know that the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. The Bible tells us that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And as you get started living as a Christian, we'd love to offer you some help, free of any charge or obligation. We'd like to send you our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll help answer some of the questions you might have and help lay a solid foundation for your faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you contact us. You can call one 800 0 Well, on Monday, Pastor Greg invites a couple of special guests into the studio for a revealing discussion about money and marriage. Now, money is often a tension point in the home, and on Monday you'll have some insight into why that is and learn how to turn that conflict into connection. Good practical stuff next time on A New Beginning. If you'd like a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, it is available on CD from Vision Christian Store. Search No Forwarding Address at visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.